You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. It's good to be here, guys. Uh, we're, we're on our series core. Uh, and I'm glad you're here, man. This is a fun time. It's, this is what's called a bodybuilding uh, message, which we're building up the body. We're learning to be the place God has called us to be. But like, uh, we're a growing and changing body. That's what we should be. And anytime someone new or something different comes into the body, the body grows and changes, right? And um, that's good. And I see new people here. That means if you become involved here, this place will change a little bit. And change is good. You want your body to grow and change. But not all change is good. Right? Uh, I think we've probably all experienced that at some point in our lives. There was bodily change. We're like, okay, this ain't good. Uh, I, th- I think we understand that. And so what we're doing is we're making sure that as we change, we hold on to what is core to us. Guys, one of the things I was thinking about this week, and I, I think sometimes we get a little down about the fact that there's so many different churches. Like, man, if only we were all unified. Like sometimes I think if there were only two people left in the world, they'd start a different church on either side of the street and they wouldn't go together. But I think one of the really beautiful things is that there's so many different churches in the world. Each church, anyone have a guess how many churches are, are within 20 minutes of this church? Anyone got a guess? 50. 50? I, I don't know the answer. I'm just seeing if anyone. <laughs> I'm a pastor. I don't, I don't study demographics. Or uh, I don't know. There's a lot, right? Well, well there's a lot. Uh, but I think one of the really cool things is that they're all different. Each church, as a matter of fact, I called Brother Paul this week. Brother Paul is the pastor at East Union. There are some things that, that I think they do a little better than us. They've been around a long time. And so I called Brother Paul to pick his brain on some things. Listen, that shouldn't make us insecure. I think it's great that they're where they are on some things and that we're where we are. I mean, that's how the body of Christ should work. Different people bring different strengths and different things. And so I called him. We had a great, and he was, he's always gracious enough to talk to me and just work me through some things. But like... We have a job, though. This church, this church, Grace Church, has a, a specific reason we exist in this community. And we have something. Now, we're all called to make disciples, and we're all called to worship God. But God uses different churches in different ways. And so we must understand the core of who we are so that even as we change and grow, we don't lose sight of who God called us to be. Guys, we got a meeting coming up on January 22nd at 5 p.m., and uh, we're calling it membership night. And, and what this is, is and if you're new, I talked about this a little last week. We do membership a little different here than maybe you grew up doing it. We do it one year at a time uh, because we believe that lifelong membership may not be all that effective. And we believe that in part because most of you came from another church, right? And so you join for a year and you'll be in the room that night and we will bring an offering. I, in, in week one, I said, you'll bring a sacrifice. I love this church so much. I had several people ask me, you, you mean like a lamb? That would be cool if everyone brought a lamb. Uh, but when I talk about a sacrifice, I'm talking about a financial offering. And so if you're, if you're a member of this place, you'll bring some sort of financial offering. And, and then we'll, we'll share a meal together. And it won't be a potluck. It'll be the, the Lord's Supper. That'll be the meal we share together. And we will worship together. And I'll share some stuff about life in this church. And then at some point during this, during this gathering, I will say to you, who wants to be a member of this church? And you will raise your hand. And you're in. That's, that's how it works, right? That's how it goes here. We're not going to, and then we'll all vote on whether or not we're all in. Okay. I mean, you're going to raise your hand and you're in, and that means you're in for a year. And that means for a year, we're going to work it out together. That means for a year, if there's bumps in the road, we're going to deal with them together. 
It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect because it's a place full of people. But it means for one year, we're going to work this thing out, and we're going to give God our best in this place. But we've been talking. Uh, I've got these two jars on, the, on stage with me, and these are sunflower seeds. And this one is full of sunflower seeds because this jar represents everyone who will show up on that night with good intentions. At the beginning of a year, we typically have good intentions, good intentions to eat better or to exercise or to whatever, start something or stop something. And so this jar is the jar of good intentions of of everyone who believes that this year things are going to be different between them and God. And this jar is the jar that at the end of the year, people who will actually live out their good intentions. This is the jar we call results. And you notice it's empty. Why is it empty? Because we don't know yet. We're not at the end of the year. Now, I think we can all uh, agree that this jar will probably have less seeds in it than this jar at the end of the year, right? Do we all agree with that? Because most of us just kind of hope things happen, right? We kind of just expect things to happen. And hope and expect don't typically end up to a life well lived. You have to have more. And so what we said was there's there's three things you got to have to get from this jar to this jar. And the first thing you got to have is you got to have a plan. You have to have some kind of plan. And, and if you are operating without a plan, you have a plan, and your plan is failure. As a matter of fact, I, I made this up. Uh, failing to plan is planning to fail. I made that up the other day. It's a completely original statement. Just write it down. So you got to have a plan, right? You can't just meander through life. And how do I know this? Because I meandered for about 33 years. So did many of you. Some of you were at the same party. We meandered for a long time. All right, so the first thing you gotta have is a plan. The second thing you have to have is intentional actions. A plan without action is just a piece of paper. You have to do some things to get from here to here. And the third thing you have to have to move from intentions to a life lived intentionally is accountability. You cannot do this thing on your own. We were not designed to do this thing on our own. That's why the Bible is so full of one another's, because we were designed to one another. We were designed to do life together. We need each other. The body of Christ is not a person. The body of Christ are all these people who live in this mysterious unity where we have a unity. Guys, in the outside world, we may share nothing in common, but inside the body of Christ, something beautiful happens, and we'll talk more about that today. But we're trying to move from intentions this year to a life lived intentionally. And last week we said we share a core vision in this. Don't put it on the screen yet. We have a core vision in this church. Can anyone tell me what our core vision is in this room? What? Yes. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. We don't need a room full of marble mouths. We need someone with some passion. Everybody needs Jesus, and everybody is our responsibility. So everyone say with me. Everyone needs Jesus, and everyone is our responsibility. Who needs Jesus? Everyone. Whose responsibility are the people who need Jesus? What about the people you don't like? Those are your responsibility, Pastor. I don't want to deal with them. No, everyone needs Jesus. Everyone. And everyone who needs Jesus is our responsibility. And we talked last week about how to go from this jar to that jar in that, in that part of your life. And, and guys, we're giving you a guide. And I've called this thing three to 17 different things. I think I called it a guide. I called it a planner. Now I'm calling it this, 
I'm calling it a Sherpa. This is a, does anyone know what a Sherpa is? A Sherpa is a guide that will take you up a mountain. Now, do you ride on the Sherpa's back to get up the mountain? No. The Sherpa gives you the tools to get to the top of the mountain, but you must do the work. And so after this gathering, you're going to have the option to use your free will and go get a guide. And this is not your religious duty checklist or anything. This is a plan with action items and accountability. Because I assumed you all didn't bring one. So we took the liberty of preparing one to help us walk through life in this body of Christ. And so you'll have the chance to go get that. And last week we talked about the vision. Today we're going to talk about the values. The values. We have core values in this place. And the core values are, are attitudes and actions that we live out for the purpose of living out that core vision. And you'll notice something as I go through these core values. They all have two things. They all have a noun and they all have a verb. Because for us to get from this jar to this jar isn't just about believing something. It's about doing things that bear witness to what we claim to believe. And so let, let's go through them. The first one is this. The first one is knowing. And it says, we value being known inside of Christian community. Therefore, here comes the action. Therefore, we choose to be in relationships that provide belonging, care, accountability, and unity. Second value is growing. We value growing in our knowledge, faith, obedience, love, and in the likeness of Christ. Therefore, we practice spiritual disciplines that demonstrate our core values. Giving is the next one. We value generosity. Therefore, we practice joyfully sharing our time, talents, and resources for the purpose of loving God through his local church. Serving. We value loving God through serving God's people. We believe that Christ came to serve. Therefore, as those who wear the name Christian... We practice living as servants both inside and outside the local church. And the last one is praising. We value praising God. Therefore, we worship God with all that we have, both as a body and as individuals. Okay, these are the core values. And so when you come to the, to the membership night on, on January 22nd at 5 p.m., when you come to that gathering, uh, what you're saying is those values are my values. I will hold these values as, as worthy and important for at least one, for one year. <laughs> Y'all ever heard of anybody else doing that? Me neither. Yeah, we'll find out. All right. So let's start to, let, let's, let's talk about two of these core values today. Today we're going to talk about knowing and growing. So let's start with knowing. It says, we value being known inside of Christian community. Therefore, we choose to be in relationships that provide belonging, care, accountability, and unity. Guys, this is a big part of Christian life. We were designed to live inside of community. Let me share some scripture with you. John 13, 34. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Did you guys hear any repetitive words in there? What was it? One another. What is required to one another? Other. You cannot one another without another to one another. I've been saying this for a long time. There must be another if you are to one another some other, right? To one another yourself is not what we're talking about. That's the, I don't know. The one another requires someone else. And so to one another, you must have others. Now, do you think the Bible means just one another with people who look like you and act like you and talk like you? Pretty sure Jesus speaks to that in Matthew chapter 5 when he says, what good is it to just love the people who look and act like you? Everybody can do that. 
I mean, we're called to love each other even though we have differences. And one of the beauties of the church is that we don't all look the same. We're not all the same. Yet God creates a mysterious unity amongst those who are different. Ecclesiastes 4.12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Matthew 18.20. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Guys, this is a repetitive theme in the Bible. And somewhere along the lines, we uh, came to believe that I could be a member of a church without actually being part of Christian community. That, 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 that what church membership meant was, I'm going to show up for an hour a week and then I'm going to leave. And I don't know whether the church noticed that member numbers were declining. And so they said, hey, I got an idea. Let's require less of everybody. I don't know what happened. But to, to live inside of community is more than just this. It's, as a matter of fact, one, in the Bible it talks about we are to confess sins to one another. Can you imagine if this was the time and place we did that? My question every Sunday would be, who's going first? <laughs> right? Who wants to come up first and confess all their sins for the week to the crowd? And can you imagine? I mean, like my mama goes to church here. <laughs> Confessing? Mom, what service are you going to? <laughs> Great, I won't be confessing at that one. Uh, can you imagine? If the, if the, the, no, we're supposed to gather. As a matter of fact, Acts, the book of Acts, and this is one of my favorite books in the Bible. We're going we're gonna to study it this year. But Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves. By the way, did someone force them to do it? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And the apostles' teaching for us today is the New Testament, okay? They, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to knowing, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Acts 2.46, every day they met together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. This whole thing we're doing, this part is important. This big gathering is important. But so is the small gathering. So is being known intimately by a group of people. And so this is the point in the message where I tell you why this matters for you. And so I thought about all the different reasons why. But I think maybe the most important one, and it's the reason I want to start with it is the first reason. Why should you be connected deeply inside of community? The most important reason I can think of is this. God told you to. Obedience. You know, in, in the New Testament, there are 59 uses of the one another. Not one of them is a question. Not one of them is a suggestion. They're commands. Every single time God tells us to one another inside of a small community, it is a command. He's not going, hey, um, hey, would you consider maybe, I don't know, would you consider maybe possible? This is not a junior high boy asking you to a dance. <laughs> this is the king of the world and he's saying, hey, as a way to demonstrate my glory, I want you connected inside of small groups to be accountable and to belong and to care. Like I'm going to create this situation where you meet together in this, in this thing and you worship, but then you're known deeply by some other people. It's not a suggestion. It is a command. You guys ever ask your kid to do something that they don't really understand why you're asking them to do it? How many parents do we have? Raise your hand if you're a parent in the room. You, so, so as parents, you ever asked your kid to do something, they're like, I don't get why you're asking me to do that. That ever happened? Just because they don't get it, do you, do you let them not do it? If so, you're raising a problem. <laughs> right? 
I mean, if, if, if my kids, I don't understand why you're asking me to do that, so I'm going to choose. I don't care if you understand it or not. You're going to do it, right? Sometimes we might not understand. You're thinking, God, I don't, I don't need community. I don't need that. And God's like, well, guess what? It ain't about you, sunshine. I'm in charge, and I told you to do it. And sometimes that should be the only reason we need to do what God has told us to do. The second reason we do this is we need this. Like we need this. We need to be known by other people. Do y'all know what the invisible man does? Whatever he wants. That's a dangerous way to live life. I met with a lady the other day, and she's a good friend of mine. She was telling me these things that, that God was telling her to do. And my first question to her was, are any of the things that God's telling you to do being confirmed inside of community? And if your answer is no to that, then you probably should not yet do those things. I guess I, I've, I've got a staff, and I come to staff. I got ideas. Now, I got, I got ideas. Y'all don't even I got ideas on top of ideas. I got some things I'd like to do. But I come to my staff meetings, and I suggest these ideas. And if everyone is looking at me like I'm crazy, we don't do that. If, if Danny says, Tommy, what would it look like to do something else? Then I listen to her, right? I mean, I listen to her when she tells me. And there are people in my life, whether it's Eric over here or Tim, Tim Staley or Sherry Bull, there are people in my life who if they say, don't do that thing, I don't do that thing. Because I believe that I am safer inside of community than I am on my own. I know the ideas I have when I'm alone. I'm not going to share them all with you today. <laughs> Or ever, right? I need people. I need a group of people who know the truth about me. I need a group of people who know what I'm really struggling with. I need a group of people who are watching my back, who are holding me accountable. I need a group of people who will look at me occasionally and say, that is the dumbest thing you've ever said. <laughs> and you know what? You need that too. We need community. And listen, so, so let's say you sign up and you join a group. Here's probably what's not going to happen. In the first six minutes of your first group, you're not going to go, oh, my gosh, these are my soulmates. <laughs> we share every, This is not a romantic comedy. <laughs> in the first six minutes of you joining a group, you're not going to go, we share everything in common. I mean, that is, it's, it's going to take some work. In the first few minutes, you're going to look around the group. You're going to go, God, what am I doing in the room with these people? I mean, it happens, right? But over time, what God shows you is, I'm a miraculous, marvelous God. And sometimes I take the things you don't understand and I orchestrate beautiful things. And so God works through our differences to create a community that relies on divine intervention. To create friendships and bonds that we would never create on our own. So that we would be known by people Guys, some of you have gone your whole life never being truly loved. And you know why? Because you've never really been known. People want to love you. They want to know you. And I know what you're thinking. If they knew the real me, would they still love me? You'll find people will. You'll find that the pain of your life actually creates connections. Power attracts, but pain connects in a gorgeous and remarkable way. And some of you need people to share. Now, some of you are sharing too much. Some of you are oversharing. You're sharing everywhere you go. Everybody... You're standing in line at the grocery store. They don't care, okay? You're, you're telling your waitress. They don't care, right? We need to be known by people. And so in your Sherpa guide, you're going to have some questions about will you be connected? 
And, and I would just challenge you, like, if you're like, well, I don't believe that connection is important, what I would ask you is what book are you using to gather your beliefs? Because the book I believe says it is important. Or maybe, you know, you just don't feel like it's a thing for you. Again, this isn't about what you feel like. This is about obedience. But you're going to have an option in your guide. Should, some of you are like, I'm not getting the guide. If I don't have a guide, they can't hold me accountable. <laughs> and, and that's true, right? If you, if you don't get the guide, you do whatever you want. But, like, you're going to have an opportunity to sit down and write some stuff in this. To write what scares you about community. Because we're all a little scared. It's hard. As I, I remember when I was in Memphis and I had gone through a divorce. A divorce. I'm still married to, to my current wife. This is a long time ago. But like, I'd gone through a divorce and I was, I was in church by myself. Man, if that's you, I, am like, I have the utmost respect for you if you walked into this building by yourself today. Because that is hard to do. And, and there, there's things we have and we're scared of community. But I promise you this. God isn't commanding it because he's, he's playing some big cosmic joke. He's commanding it because he's a good father and he knows what's best for his children. So get your guide and think through it and pray through it and decide what you're willing to do. The other, the other question I wish we would have put in this guide is, do you think connection is important for your children? Me too. Are your kids here on Wednesday night? Are, are, are your sixth graders and up here on Wednesday night? And, and when you send them here, are you giving them some instructions like on, hey, be cool? Because <laughs> some of you aren't. <laughs> I'm just saying... <laughs> yeah, Eric works, you know, I mean, like, come on now. Are your kids back there on Sunday mornings? I mean, I, I hope, I hope that my son and daughter are being raised inside of community so that when they won't come to mommy or daddy, they have some friends to go to who love Jesus just a little more than they love them. Like, man, I hope that more than anything. It's our job to create that. All right, next, growing. Let's talk about growing. Growing is a core value that says we value growing in our knowledge, faith, obedience, love, and in our likeness of the Christ. Therefore, we practice spiritual discipline that demonstrates our values. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Why do you think these guys devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching? Because they wanted to grow in their knowledge. They wanted to grow in their faith. They wanted to grow in obedience. And we believe that it is through this book that we grow. Guys, th this is our guide. It's like if you have an idea and you say, God said to me, the first place you should go is the Bible. The second place is community. But this confirms the calls that God has placed on your heart. We must be a people who know this book. Philippians 1.9 says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth and insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and the praise of God. This is Paul's prayer for his church, that we would grow, that we would abound in knowledge, because the more knowledge we have, the more like Christ we should look. Now, it doesn't always happen that way. Uh, I know I've said this before, but I've been around some super knowledgeable people who were really, really mean. I've been around some, some knowledgeable Christians who, quite frankly, give the rest of us a really bad name uh, because they're, they're cruel and they hate, seem to hate people. But that's not what it should happen. And that's not what does happen when you're learning the Bible inside of a community who will tell you the truth about yourself. Think about putting those two things together. Knowledge is power when that power is gained inside of a community that loves Jesus and loves you. When you're learning this book on your own, number one, you begin to think that you are the only one who has all the answers. When you're learning this book inside of community, you listen to other people. Man, I got good friends in this place 
who challenge me sometimes theologically. And because I love them, I allow them to be incorrect. It's okay. <laughs> I love that. That's probably my favorite joke. I think I say that about once every three weeks. It's like a dad joke. 2 Timothy 3.14 but as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know those from whom you've learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All Scripture is useful. Now, does that mean you should align your day according to all Scripture? If so... Levitical law is going to really complicate some of your schedules. I promise you that. But we should understand what all Scripture means for us today. All Scripture has use. And so my question is, do you believe that? Do you believe that Scripture matters? I hear people all the time, it's like, God never speaks to me. He's already spoken. He spoke like thousands of words that you've never opened and read. So if you're not hearing God, and this is, this is the danger for the church, it's the danger for people who love God, but they're not really spending time in communion in the Word of God. Well, if you love God, but you're not spending time in communion and in His Word, you know where you're getting your theology? Facebook. We end up with a meme theology that memes nothing. I just came up with that. It's not even in my script. Like we, but really, we end up with a meme theology that's a theology parceled together from whoever the latest and greatest memer is because we have no idea what the Bible really says. And you know what that makes us? Dangerous. Dangerous. When we go out saying, sharing Facebook posts as God said, when we really have no idea what God said, we're part of the problem, not part of the solution. Guys, we're designed to crave this. And let's be honest, the Bible is difficult sometimes, isn't it? You know how often I read something in the Bible that I don't like? You know when I read something in the Bible and I'm like, all right, God. Like I was talking, I think I was talking to my cousin George the other day who's watching online. What up, George? And um, he asked a question. I thought it was so brilliant. When you get to God, what's the first question you'll ask him when you get to heaven? Like, isn't that a cool thing to think about? You know what my first question will be? What were you thinking? <laughs> like, I don't understand. I, I don't even like that. I don't get that. I don't understand that. But I need to know the mind of God. And he's given us. You want to know his opinion on that? It's in here. You want to know what he thinks about? It's, it's in here. You know what I mean? It's, it's in here. And so we study this inside of community, not just so that we can win, you know, the little Bible bingo game, but so that we can know the He gave you his mind. He gave you his heart. Should it be collecting dust on a mantle? What do you believe? What's settled in you about this? Are you instructing your kids on these things? Again, or, or is that just our job to tell your kids about Jesus. What are you doing? Because if you believe, if you believe that community matters, if you believe that knowing the mind of God matters, if you believe that, that studying the Bible inside a community so that we don't run around with crazy ideas, if you believe these things matter, then at some point you must live a life that bears witness to what you claim to believe. Otherwise, your beliefs mean nothing. 
What will we be this year? What will we be this year? What will we be? Will we grow together? We grow together. And remember, you're going to join a group. I'm asking you to give it a minute, all right? Because in the first five minutes, the enemy is going to whisper 10,000 lies about why you don't belong in that group. Do you all think when we move forward, that when we move forward into groups and studying the Bible, that the enemy is just going to sit back and go, oh, that's cute? No, man. Our flesh, our selfishness, our pride, and the enemy of our soul is scared to death that we will end up knowing each other completely and loving each other completely. Because when that happens, we will actually taste and be the image of heaven for the world to see. You desire this, guys. I don't have to sell you on this. You desire this. You were created for this. You were created by the king of the world to be known. You were created by the king of the world to grow in your knowledge and your faith and your wisdom. You were created by the king of the world to resemble the king of the world for the world to see. Let that be settled in you. And let this year be the year you live out what you claim to believe. This is who we are. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.